This is Always Advancing with your host, Josh Sanchez, the podcast created for multidimensional individuals, those that are looking to enhance their human experience and activate their state of self-actualization. Tune in each week for growth hacks and inspiring interviews to help you advance and actualize your full potential. I appreciate your attention and I'm grateful for your awareness. Let's go. Hi, yo. On today's show, we cover the invisible advantage nobody told you about. Anyone that knows me personally knows that I have had a lone wolf mentality for the greater part of a decade. So today, this episode is proof that I will always seek for truth and try my best to keep an open mind and not fall victim to confirmation bias. Confirmation The DIY or solo entrepreneur is a place that I drew confidence. I still am confident I can do anything I put my effort towards, but my perception began to shift when I read this book called The Power of the Other by Dr. Henry Cloud. So this book to me represents a major shift in leadership, growth, and high performance, but more so brought to my attention Whether I wanted to believe it or not, my performance is either improved or diminished by the people in my scenario. Meaning, context quite literally affects your actions, performance, and choices, consciously, consciously, or unconsciously. This awareness of the power of the other will help you surpass limits and attain more from your relationships and auditing those closest to you. I want to contextualize today's podcast in terms of relationships. So under the relations vertical. So I'll chalk this one up as my second cornerstone in relations. And in my humble opinion, this goes to the importance of strong, deep connections. The invisible, quote unquote, I'm doing the bunny ears, the invisible force that will enhance your human experience. Episode number five, if you remember, highlights self-love first. Today's episode will talk about the importance of the other. The focus will shift or change from just you to a recognition that others play a bigger role in your life than we are led to believe. They hold power and energy to truly influence us. Self-development should eventually equate to development and influence of others outside of yourself consciously. If it doesn't transition to others, then you will begin to strengthen the ego. It will manifest as self-centeredness, narcissism, and egocentric characteristics. Remember that, advancers. Focus on self-development, focus on self-love, but there is a point where it becomes a narcissistic tendency when it's overly done and, and you know what, what that threshold or that baseline or that balance looks like to you. Only you know what that baseline and balance is, but don't let self-love transform into uh, a self-centered, you know, egocentric characteristic that it, it can easily transform into. I've seen it time and time again. I just wanna open up by telling the story in the book, uh, a Navy SEALs named Mark who is the author's brother-in-law. And so just to give some pretext, it's when when Navy men become Navy SEALs, they don't win the lottery. In one of the most performance-driven selection processes in the world, 
They earn it and they're selected from the top of the top. It's a true meritocracy. At the end of the program, it's called BUDS, Basic Underwater Demolition Seals Training. The aspiring seals must pass the test of all tests. It's called Hell Week. And this requires the utmost physical and mental endurance, pushing men that are already peak specimens to the absolute limits, enduring near hypothermia and cold water, enduring long distance swims during sleep deprivation and intense physical strain. More than two thirds of the seals don't make it through. Their bodies and minds have hit the end of their capabilities. There is no more to give and no way to do better. The entire selection process is in fact set up to find out exactly where those limits are, who has them, and who can surpass them. So that's giving some context to the story, and, and he begins to tell the story of his brother-in-law, uh, Mark, going through this training. So how human limits, when encountered, can be surpassed by this hidden force. And during Hell Week, his teammate, his name is Bryce, was in the ocean swimming his last long leg. So Mark had already finished, he had made it, meaning he had already passed the last test and would have the honor of becoming a SEAL. Passed all the SEAL training, you know, was one the, the last third of the, the SEALs trainees that passed the test to become Navy SEAL. So he was standing at the rocks above the water for Mark. For Mark, it was done. Mark was eagerly watching his buddy strive towards the goal, Bryce. That's when Bryce hit the wall. As he described it, that's when his body could give no more. It was done. He had nothing left. He tried to will himself to keep going, but his body would not obey. Maybe you can relate to this in some way. Going to the gym, doing curls for reps, and going till there's no more left to give. No surge of will to do one more rep. That's where Bryce was in that moment. Beginning to sink in the freezing cold water totally out of fuel, strength, or the ability to go another yard. Imagine this moment, all of those years, all of that training, all of those sacrifices, about to be gone. He could see his dreams sinking with him, about to be over. What must it have felt like? I'm sure the lights were going out of his heart as his body could go no further, until... As he told the story of slipping under, about to call for help, and signaled that it was over for him, his eyes fell upon the land ahead. There was Mark. There was Mark standing on the shore. Bryce saw him and said Mark, that Mark gave him a huge fist pump and a yell signaling to Bryce that he could do it. Their eyes locked for a few seconds. And as Bryce described it, something happened, something he can't explain. His body jumped into another gear, into another dimension of performance that he did not have access to before. He was able to get back onto the cold water again and swim toward the finish line. He made it. He finished. He would become a Navy SEAL. That is an example of the power of the other. My question to you is, what is that? Why was a fist pump, a look from a friend, able to give Bryce the capacity to push past his physical and mental limits? He didn't touch him, inject adrenaline into him. He didn't read a book about it. The invisible power is the power of the other. 
the mind-body connection, this material and immaterial relationship. What exactly is this thing that causes us to gear up or wind down? What is this something that is being shared by the body? There's something that is being regulated by our relationships and communication. The answer, advancers, is energy. Relationship, the connection between two people, not, not only enhances our mental functioning, but also works to provide it. Capacity is built through energy and intelligence. The capacity to do something is how physicists define energy. The energy derived through relationships isn't something that is easy to understand. Even though it has become clear through practical experience in neuroscience, it has real tangible effects. The more we are surrounded by people that are motivated to get to the same place we are going, in a common goal, the more energy we accumulatively feel to get there. This is why support groups are so powerful. I think in, in today's age, we've lost sight of this energy, this phenomenon, this invisible force. Since the dawn of civilization, our species shifted from the tribe mentality to me mentality. We live in a society of separateness. From the moment we are born, we are placed into isolated rooms and separated. We have the option to disconnect from our immediate family at any point in time through our upbringing, which allows us to gain identity. Now, there's pros and cons to that. One, it allows us to gain identity. The me mentality is good to a degree. After all, life is about balance. Now, with the digital revolution in the last 10 years, our attention spans are less than goldfish. And our ability to introspectively think, self-reflect, and self-awareness are quickly following the same trajectory. You can't build strong and meaningful connections without having a strong understanding of your wants, needs, and desires. If you can't understand you, how can another person understand you, let alone truly connect with you, when you are disconnected from yourself? So personal development and self-help bring all the attention to you. But sometimes we need a reminder that self-made doesn't exist. That's a fallacy. The number one factor to high performance and high performers is connection. Not only that, but wellness, fulfillment, happiness, longevity, life satisfaction can all be linked to deep connections. So why isn't anyone talking about this? The invisible advantage. When you acknowledge this truth, you cannot still have the audacity to say you are self-made because deep connections take two, my friends. So this is the only perspective I can share on, on today's societal norms around men being a man in today's society. Any vulnerability as a man growing up in this culture means you're called a bitch or a pussy. You were judged as being less than expressing your emotional state or fears was seen as being uh, weak it, it's a weakness. This is what we're taught. This is constant and it's still reinforced in today's culture. So my goal you know, long term is to make emotional literacy, vulnerability, having the courage to show others who you truly are in men as affluent as possible. So 
because I know the byproduct of this means true connections with others. It means deep relationships. This will help you gain that invisible advantage that no one's talking about. Because at the end of the day, if you can't show up truly and express yourself and express to others where you are, who you are, how you feel, you know, all of these human qualities, not male or female, not because you're expressing how you feel means you're a human. That's what human beings do. That's what emotional intelligence is. We've, as a society, gotten so disconnected from that that we're galvanizing emotional liter- uh, emotional intelligence as if it's some quality that, this special quality that nobody's born with. We're, if you're human, you're born with the ability to sense emotions. With that being said, a quick tip for the listeners who have an archetypical alpha man. If he asks for your help, don't drop the ball. It's not the norm. It's super uncomfortable. And if you disregard it, then it will make it harder for him to open up and become vulnerable and authentic with you. The archetypical alpha male rarely asks for somebody else's help, especially another alpha male. So we spend all our lives trying to fit in where we don't belong instead of finding where we belong and fitting in there. I spent years of my life in the lone wolf role because it was hard for me to connect with others and express my true self without, as I know it is still to this day, my circle is small because most men do not want to watch or read any books from Brianna Brown or Oprah uh, who are the thought leaders in the realm of deep connection and authentic self. The power of vulnerability is a great start. Yeah, it's a TED Talk. She talks about how courage and vulnerability are synonymous. She stood in front of the apex of alpha males, you know, the alpha male archetype, which, is, which are a group of Navy SEALs, and asked the same question, what makes somebody courageous? And they could not give two examples of courage without an instance of vulnerability. So don't confuse what I'm saying, uh, that you need to find people to start building connections and and all relationships and connections are are equal. They're not. Not all relationships and connections are treated equal and they should not be seen as such. The the difference between a depth in the relationship and and top line numbers. I'm not saying because you have 5,000 friends that you understand the meaning of life. You could have 5,000 friends, but only you know one or two of those you have deep connections with. So in my opinion, no relationship is better than a consistently negative one. Those trying to reach goals succeed at a much greater rate if they are connected by a strong human support system. In, in terms of relationship, if it's a de- deficit, that's more beneficial to you in your day-to-day life than having a bad relationship. So disconnect from those as quickly as you you possibly can. Audit your circle. I'm telling you, change your environment. It'll change your life. You're the summation of the five people you hang out with, but you're also the summation of the five people they hang out with as well. So remember that, the five of the five. Here are the four types of connections he goes over in the book. Type one, the self-centered. The self-centered is a person who is disconnected, somebody who is a maverick, somebody who isn't really totally present or there for you and only there when they need something from you. Type two, the toxic relationship. The second kind of connection is a toxic person. A toxic connection is pessimistic and negative. They're always tearing you down. Everybody has some toxic relationships in their life. You can rebuild your neurological hardwiring 
So you need to update your software, so to speak, and in your closest network of friends and family, you don't want to be downloading viruses. Of those are positive relationship, I'll disconnect from both of those. Type three, the fake, the facade. So the third type of connection is, he just calls it the fake connection. This is probably a person that you like to be around but it's just as a yes man. You don't really know what they're thinking because they never tell you the truth to your face. This gives you short bursts of dopamine because you have a bunch of flattery. Too much praise is a thing though, adventure. So building you up should be there, but you want people who can give you critical feedback and that can help you be better as opposed to those who only make you feel better. The fourth type of connection he talks about, these are the positive ones. So this is the power of the other, the real connections. This person gives you the ability to be who you truly are, the good and the bad. That's true belonging and true connections. The fourth kind of connection, I'm just going to call the true connection. This is the kind of person who is authentic. This is a healthy relationship. This kind of person builds you up and strengthens you helping you to really become a friend, a better teammate, a better individual. They have your best interest in mind. The fourth, those are all the relationships that we have. We should strive for that fourth type of connection as defined in The Power of the Other by Dr. Henry Cloud. I want to tie this back into um, the SEALs mentality since that was the, the beginning nuance of the podcast. So the SEALs use a tool, where am I, where is the enemy? And where is my buddy? So no matter what the answers are to questions one and two, the way out of difficulty is going to come out of answering question three. Where is my buddy? First question, where am I? Second, where is the enemy? And third, where is my buddy? If you are lost, you can connect with your buddy and find your way. If you're surrounded by your enemy and there's no way out, can call for reinforcements and your buddy will take the enemy out. If you can't find your buddy, you're in deep shit. You might not make it out at all. So everything ultimately hinges on, on each other. SEALs know that and they are trained to always be there and so should we. This requires connection for relationships and as much as my own ego and pride don't want to admit it, advancers, nothing of significance is achieved without the help of other people in your life. All right. Well, I, you know, at this point, I'm building up a decent uh, perspective, but I, I really want to hit the point home by going over some newfound research in neuroscience that, uh, that proves that there's a physical transformation, a tangible evidence that uh, connections are not wants, but needs. Let's talk about the development of babies of the human baby. So human babies are born very dependent on their parents. They go through huge brain development growth and neuron pruning in the first two years of life. This brain development as well as their social, emotional, and cognitive development depends on a loving bond or attachment relationship with a primary caregiver, usually a parent. So there is increasing evidence from the fields of psychology, neurobiology, and animal epigenetics studies that neglect parental inconsistencies and lack of love can lead to long-term mental health problems, as well as to reduce overall potential and happiness. These discoveries are powerful. The role of loving nurturer in the emotional, social, and cognitive development of children is powerful. Connections and relationships, therefore, are more important than we could have imagined. The term use it or lose it 
does apply here. If positive connections and experiences do not happen, the pathways needed for normal human experiences may be lost. This is also per the Harvard study of adult development, which was a 75-year longitudinal study of men. Loneliness is toxic. This is the lack of deep connection or connections. The more isolated people are, the less happy they are. And brain function declines as well as physical health. And they, want, they made a note here that isolation is the objective measure of how large your social network is whereas loneliness is a subjective perception of how one feels. In other words, you can have many friends and be lonely or no friends and not be lonely. There's also another study a few years ago, researchers at Brigham Young University conducted an influential meta-analysis of scientific literature on the subject and found that social isolation increases your risk of death by an astounding 30%, and some estimates have it as high as 60%. In a meta-analysis of 3 million people, which controlled founding factors such as demographic and objective isolation, loneliness increased odds of early death by 26%. According to University of Chicago social neuroscientist John Cassiopo, Cassiopo? The effects of social isolation or rejection are as real as thirst, hunger, or pain. The brain goes into self-preservation state that brings with it a lot of unwanted effects. When our species at the edge of social parameter, it is to be a dangerous position. Advancers, I want to wrap this up by reading an excerpt from the book. You can get more by getting better. Learn more, think differently, absorb leadership tactics. You can succeed by being a better you. Guess what? All of this is true. Wisdom and competency do matter. We do need more knowledge, skills, and abilities. We must strive to be better versions of ourselves in order to strive and be better and be more than we are. But there is something missing from this outcome. Reality. Ask anyone with real awareness about their greatest accomplishments and challenge they had to overcome, and you will find one commonality. There was someone on the other end who made it possible. Recall your best and worst seasons. We're also about who was in the season with you, either for good or bad. It's not just about you. It's about others that played a part in how you were doing and who you were becoming. Energy, advantage is real. Who brings fuel to you? Who brings energy to grow? Who infuses you with positive energy? The ability to feel and notice those that fuel you or those that drain you is crucial. Although it is not the end all, be all, constantly surrounding yourself with those that attempt to steal your energy is definitely counterproductive. It's battling your environment, although you cannot master others' feelings or energy. You can master your connections and decide who you want to spend your time around. In conclusion, advancers, you don't have a choice whether other people have power or presence or influence on your life, because they do. Other people do have power over your life. Are you going to let them enhance or diminish your one at bat? To wrap it all up, you don't need to be brilliant to have healthy corner for relationships. You just need to be real and genuine. 
you need to be present and actually care about other people. This will require you to keep your cell phone off your body for a large period of time. It will also require you to be honest about your values, beliefs, and goals. And if you can't be honest with others about who you are and who you want to be, your relationships will be shallow, pseudo, or downright a waste of time. You should surround yourself with people who love you enough to hold you to high standards. Sometimes, guys, that means you'll let these people down. But if you can communicate honestly, humans are very understanding. There is absolutely nothing more important in life than other people. Nothing, not even the brilliant and impactful work you will do. Relationships are where your deepest joy and meaning can and should come. Strong relationships, deep connections are what drive you to be and do your best in life. My definition of happiness, advancers, happiness to me is shared happiness or exponential happiness. The way I explain this is imagine the, hap the happiest place on earth anywhere that would bring you the pinnacle of joy. I want you to do this. So imagine the happiest place on earth and the place that brings you to that pinnacle of joy, the, the height of happiness. I want you to imagine whether that's on the beach, whether that's at the top of Mount Everest, whether that's at the bottom of the sea, whatever that looks like for you, imagine that. And then I'm going to follow up by asking, this is what I generally ask is, what could make that moment happier? The general response is nothing or crickets or... Let me think about it and then I just say, how about having all the closest people in your life enjoying that same moment? That's happiness amplified. That's exponential happiness. That's what I would like to call ecstatic collective effervescence. And that's my definition of true happiness. That's it. Thanks for tuning in. If I brought you any value today, please subscribe for notifications of next week's episode. I would truly appreciate it. Also, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Connect to our community on social media. We're building a tribe of self-actualized grow-getters. Those that implement the practice of lifelong learning, understanding it will catalyze self-actualization, the ultimate production of the human spirit. Find your baseline and grow every day. Till next time, advancers, make the rest of your day the best of your day.